When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Agree to Disagree with Mike Brzezuda and Bob Labriola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another should-be award-winning edition of Agree to Disagree, the podcast, the show with the motto, I'm right. He's wrong. He's Bob Labriola. I'm Mike Pursuta. Before we get into the meat of this week's installment, I got to come clean. And, you know, transparency is critical here at Agree to Disagree. (laughs) And uh, I need to be transparent. Last week was not my finest hour. Now, uh, to to reveal all to the listeners, because they deserve it, um, we tape these installments on Tuesdays. And as luck would have it, last Monday night, uh, my old boss was getting married, and I wanted to go to the wedding, (laughs) and I missed the talk-through on Tuesday morning before we did the actual taping, and things just did not go my way. I got upset. I started swearing at shirtless Tom and some other people (laughs) around here. I mean, Labs is coming at me with Civil War admirals, and I just didn't have anything in response. Now, I know a lot of you probably know I'm having some troubles with the wife. It's been on TV and in TMZ and all that, but that's no excuse. Labs, I'm going to be better this time. Okay, because I'll tell you what you're not going to be able to do is replace that $36 million a year your wife makes. So you better be good at this, or you might be walking around the streets with a tin cup looking for dimes. As Bill Murray observed in Stripes, and then depression set in. Let's get to the not depressing uh, items for consideration uh, based on that uh, surprising, shall we say, 2018 win over... (laughs) <laughs> Sam Brady in Tampa Bay. Did you see that one coming, Coach? Uh, no, no, I did not. I Seriously, um, you know, we talked about it on the pregame show. I mean, there, the, the last time I was so convinced the Steelers had no chance was Bill Cowher's first game, 1992, in Houston against the defending division champion Oilers, the height of the run and shoot. Yeah, you're 2-2 two two in uh you think they have no chance. Let me know the next time that feeling comes upon you like a tidal wave. <laughs> I, I hope not for a while, but, you know, there's it, – it, it was – I mean, I, I seriously, I – you know, a guy, I, I say I, I have a permanent address in living in my fears, um, and I was thinking about the ways I was going to write about the disaster that I was certain was going to unfold, and I was – Totally, totally shocked as things unfolded the way they did. Well, let's uh, let's see how they unfold uh, on Agree to Disagree today. Uh, first topic for debate. I'm starting Mitch Trubisky because he earned another shot after replacing a concussed Kenny Pickett. QB1 is the one who's playing well. Okay. Um, I slightly disagree with the statement, however – I got to admit, I don't know what I was more shocked by, the outcome or the way Trubisky played when he got that second chance. I mean, 
he was everything he was not. Or you could say, <laughs> well said. He was everything. <laughs> he was everything. He was everything he was not when in losing the job. He was everything we expected him to be, uh, and was not. Uh, since he can't, you know, since signed as a free agent in in March. Um, now, I'm going to slightly disagree because you know <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not in favor of you know pulling a Bill Cowher and changing quarterbacks at halftime. I mean, um, on a regular basis. I and when you do it once, um, you know, I think you kind of have to stick with it. Now, the injury factor kind of changes things in this particular scenario. Um, so I, I agree with the, the sentiment of the statement, and I I would, if I was in charge of this uh, decision, which I am not, I would start uh, Trubisky in Miami um, for the three reasons. How he played last Sunday, which again, shocked me. Um, Pickett is a rookie, and he's not going to be able to practice all week and I'm not starting a guy, a rookie quarterback, um, without the the full complement of preparation, um, not only for him, but for his teammates who have to play with him. And then the other thing is, and I know you uh, were often sitting just down the row in the press box for me, uh, we both know how Ben Roethlisberger played on a few occasions in a game coming off a concussion, and... You know, all due respect to Kenny Pickett, he ain't no Ben Roethlisberger. So, and Ben wasn't a rookie either when those things happened. So, again, um, I think that this situation, this injury uh, to Pickett and what it is, uh, allows for this to be a fairly seamless um, move. But, and if, (laughs) if Pickett, or excuse me, if Trubisky plays, in Miami, like he played in the second half against Tampa, then I think a week from now we're going to be having this discussion again, and it'll be totally different parameters. Because then you, then that, to me, is when you have a real decision to make uh, about which way you want to go. But right now, where we are, uh, I agree with the, the, um, the sentiment of the statement, uh, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. As Mike Tom would say, I'm not gonna be blowing in the wind with this all season. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with it wholeheartedly, and it's got nothing to do with Kenny Pickett's health. Uh, they won the game on Sunday, and they won the game because Mitch Trubisky came in and got him a touchdown, and then he got them first down after first down on a couple of third and longs when they really, absolutely, positively had to keep the ball as heroic as the defense played given all its limitations did anybody want to give the ball back to Tom Brady in the final uh, 2 minutes or minute and a half uh whatever may have been left on the clock that would have ended badly uh as you said labs Mitch Trubisky was the guy he was at least temporarily who we thought he was uh he was throwing the ball down the field he was uh making confident decisions he was trusting his receivers Uh, trusting his arm, trusting his legs. Even after that one read option blew up, he called it again, kept it again, and this time he gained nine yards. He played really well. Um, No offense to anybody here. It's not like we're talking about Dan Marino and Don Strzok. Neither one of these guys is established in Pittsburgh. Hopefully 
one of them establishes themselves in Pittsburgh sooner rather than later. For now, I'm going with what works. And if you got to blow in the wind, hey, sometimes the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. <laughs> right now, uh, Mitch, get back in there and see if you can do as a starter was you did it, what you did as a relief pitcher. If you can't, then we know, and we go back to Kenny Pickett. And I don't think Pickett played horribly uh, before he became concussed. He was a little off. His accuracy wasn't as good as we've seen it, but I think his arrow is still pointing up. But right now, uh, let's uh, let's not overthink this. Starting at quarterback, number 10 from the University of North Carolina, Mitch Trubisky. Topic number two. After further review, no one is running away with the AFC North, and all decisions should be made accordingly, Lab. I agree. Uh, totally. I mean, wow, is the AFC North. Uh, in my mind, a jumbled mess. I mean, the Ravens historically have been a team that's, you know, usually uh, historically in in contention for the division title in the way, and lately the way they've been, you know, achieving that status uh, so consistently has been, you know, some combination of their defense and then uh, quarterback Lamar Jackson. But, I mean, the Ravens, how about blowing a couple of multiple-score leads in the fourth quarter because their defense can't stop anybody? The Ravens. and The Ravens, that's what I yeah. said, isn't it? Yeah, no, okay. I'm, I'm yeah. emphasizing, like, that's the last team, you know, the traditionally defensively stout Ravens. Right. Can't hold a fourth-quarter right. lead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, while Lamar Jackson is probably still a favorite among all the fantasy football people because he runs up big numbers – I mean, in the real world where they play, you know, the actual game, it's not fantasy. He's a turnover machine. And, he, you know, he contributes to some of their uh, dire- um, bad situations in the fourth quarter with turnovers. And so, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know who the Ravens are. Uh, they can still run the ball. Um, but, um, you know, if they have a <laughs> – uh, if they have you down a couple of scores in the fourth quarter, man, you got them right where you want them, it seems. The Bengals, um, they, got, they got Jamar Chase and Burrow and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and those people, um, but they've been held under 100 yards rushing in four of their six games, and in their last two games, the run defense gave up 155 to the Ravens and 228 to New Orleans. I mean, um, I don't know that that's a sustainable model either. And then we have the Browns. To quote Juju Smith-Schuster, the Browns is the Browns. Again, great running game. Their run defense, though, might be as bad as their own running game is great. I mean, they allowed 200-plus rushing yards in back-to-back games to Atlanta and the Chargers, and those were both losses. And now the guy they paid a gazillion guaranteed dollars to, who's not even playing yet, has another lawsuit filed against him related to that masseuse Um situation that he was involved in and so who knows where that's going to go in the coming weeks so yeah yeah the um to say that the afc north uh no one is running away with it i mean that is you may have never made a more accurate statement in your life than that thanks coach cower uh i agree with (laughs) it as well and the reason i wanted to bring this up um you know i get that kenny pickett is perceived as the future and anytime you get a number one uh, first-round quarterback, uh, that's exciting. And you want to get that guy snaps and get that guy experience and get him reps and get him as ready as possible, as quickly as possible. But uh, I know the Steelers never uh, submit, uh, sometimes to their own detriment. They try to compete 
to the bitter end of every season. Um, and uh, I'm in favor of that this year because somebody has to win this division, and I don't know who it's going to be, but it is not uh, going to be uh, a bridge too far. Somebody is going to get there and uh, keep trying to figure things out, keep trying to win week by week. I'm, I'm dialing up all the coaching cliches I can think of, Labs, one game at a time and all that. You know, figure out a way to get a win this week and then worry about next week, next week. And, and if you operate uh, under that parameter first and foremost, you might find yourself, I don't know, playing for 8-8-1 eight, eight and one in a division title <laughs> in early January. Uh, they all count division titles. You know, the team that goes 14-3 and three and the team that goes 9-8, uh, and eight, they're both division champions if they're in the right division. So uh, let, let's see how this plays out. Uh, last but certainly not least, The D-line dominating is more critical to the defense than the identities of those who comprise the secondary. Okay, this is another one of those where uh, I definitely agree with the sentiment expressed. Uh, You know, it is what's up front that counts, okay? And that that has become more evident to me as this season unfolds. With this particular Steelers team um, and maybe all – um, teams, but this particular one for sure. Uh, but I'm going to slightly disagree uh, with it once we start assigning names to those identities of those in the secondary. I mean, because if Minka Fitzpatrick can walk, he's in the game, and Trey Norwood is on the bench, as one example. And, you know, I know we were both doing this during the pregame show uh, before the Tampa Bay game. Uh, who's number 37? Who's number 31? Um, Elijah Riley and uh, Quincy Wilson. Quincy Wilson, right. All due respect to those guys. Um, You know, I I don't know that you want to roll them out there too many times uh, unless you have to because, you know, that's the thing about the NFL. Uh, There's video now, okay, and and, uh, um, teams will start studying that video and where Quincy Wilson – and Elijah Riley may have been unknowns um, to Tampa Bay and us during the Tampa Bay game. Uh, as this season progresses and we move on down the line, you know, I don't think that, that that's going to be the case. And there's a reason why, um, you know, they are, in terms of their status, what they are, and guys like Cam Sutton um, and Levi Wallace and Akella Witherspoon are what they are in terms of their status. Now, I'm not I'm not promoting anybody here for the Pro Bowl or All-Pro or any of that. I understand that every one of those names that I just mentioned has limitations as a player. Um, but I think that it's more about the sentiment of the statement than the specifics because I would want those more veteran established guys back in their spots but maybe the approach of the defense uh, has to change from uh, putting more emphasis or uh, depending more on the front than, you know, kind of trying to uh, take advantage of things, you know, with the secondary. So um, I'm trying to, you know, pull a King Solomon and cut the baby in half here. But uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with, uh, a slight disagreement will be my official stance. I, I, I'm i going to agree, but it's also based in sentiment. I, I certainly respect where you're coming from. Uh, you'd rather have Minka Fitzpatrick than not. But 
boy, did those guys play well against the Buccaneers. And speaking of the Buccaneers, it also helps when you have a team that's ranked 31st in rushing playing a team that does not have four of its top five defensive backs deciding to get the ground game going and uh, working on that for three quarters. Uh, Thank you for that, Tampa. But, uh, boy, we saw that defensive line dominate. Uh, Haven't played that well, I don't think, as a group since the Cincinnati game. And, yeah, there's reasons for that. I mean, the Bengals, uh, their offensive line had not played together in the preseason, didn't play very well as a collective in the opener. Tampa is trying to replace the interior three, both guards in the center. There's a rookie guard starting. That didn't really go so well for Tom Brady and his guys. But I think the Steelers have capabilities. Lab uh, Cam Hayward is an all-pro. He played really well, better than he has played in weeks. Larry Ogunjobi played really well. The Steelers uh, thought they knew they, what they were getting with Larry Ogunjobi. I don't know, maybe it's guys from Chicago. It takes him a little while to figure things <laughs> out. Um, he was really good. Isaiah Loudermilk hadn't had a hat all season. He got one now. Keep giving him a hat because he played really well. And, boy, when those guys are doing their thing up front, it's funny how all of a sudden Devin Bush starts making plays. Uh, Robert Spillane made a play in pass coverage, uh, let alone the DBs holding up. So, uh, all that talk about dominance on defense and greatness on defense, yeah, maybe that was rooted after further review in having a really butt-kicking defensive line that you can count on week in and week out, home or away, day or night, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whenever you line them up. I, uh, yeah, I really and, liked what I saw from that group. Yeah, and, and again, um, that, that, that looks to be a strength of the team right now. And I certainly would, um, you know, cultivate that and continue to do it, uh, as you mentioned, because yeah, the, all of those guys um, played played very well, and um, you know, it, it's hard to argue with the kind of success that 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 unit had specifically, and the defense as a whole had, you know, collectively. So, um, did I mention I yeah, like maybe- that Tampa kept trying to run the ball too? Yeah, and, uh, you know, maybe because, you know, we were at weddings. You know, who knows? And let me just let me just point one thing out um, since we're close to the end here. Um, you obviously were at home studying your playbook last night because uh, you may have gotten blown away by the Civil War reference last week, but coming up with Peter, Paul, and Mary today is, I mean. No, it was it's, Bob it's, Dylan, wasn't it? Well, Peter, Paul, and Mary did it too. Bob Dylan may have written it. Yeah. Um, but I defer to your. I'm you know, a Dylan guy the- more than a Peter, Paul, and Mary guy, but I appreciate you recognizing that. Because <laughs> there are probably some people that didn't get it the first time. Not that we don't have a very elite and intellectual Cultured. fan base yeah. here, but there may be one or two that, that slipped by them. But, uh, you know, Maybe. hey, it's all about not- labs. My, my windshield is bigger than my rear view, okay? <laughs> I don't. I don't accept defeat. I react to it. I'll tell you what, man. You got those coaching cliches down too. I'm gonna have to bring it next week, I guess. Well, that's how we do. We inspire each other. Until next week, for Bob Labriola, I'm Mike Persuda. This uh, has been Agree to Disagree, the podcast, the show with the motto: I'm right, he's wrong. Thanks for finding us. We'll talk to you again after the Steelers take on the Miami Dolphins.